Welcome, everyone, back to your favorite podcast. This is Timmons Podcast, one of multiple podcasts that I host. Uh, let's see, DadCast, where I sit down with my dad. We do talk about crazy spiritual things. Um, I've got the Tim and Lincoln Show. Uh, don't look into that. It's no fun. And then Timmons Podcast, which you listen to now, um, where I interview cool people. And I got someone great here today. Kevin Plank, welcome. Oh, hey. Hi. How's it going? Oh. Yeah. How's it going, I, I'm, man? I'm not sure if I've ever been called a cool person. I'm not sure if I'm, it's kind of interesting. I take it back. <laughs> I take it back. No, I'm joking. That's some cool intro music, by the way. Yeah, uh, thanks. I dig, I dig that. Kind of yeah. had a Batman kind of feel to it. Kind of. Yeah, a little westerny. Yeah, a little yeah. westerny. Yeah, yeah, I played it myself. I did a record yeah. it all. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, sounds like I had a highly trained professional doing that. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I probably know him. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I know you. I, I kept expo- yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole story in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Because uh, you were uh, about... Uh, not knee high to a grasshopper, but you were knee high to me when yeah. I first met you. Oh yeah, it's probably yeah, two yeah. or three, maybe, maybe, maybe two. Yeah, I think oh, you were pretty was, young. Yeah, down on Queen Street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. we moved there when I was three. So yeah, two. Wow. No, maybe I was two. I don't know. It was right around there. Yeah, you may have been just about ready to turn three, two, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, chilling. Who are you? Other than That's someone that question. knew me when I was it's, two, it's <laughs> something I'm still trying to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> I still ask myself that question every day. <laughs> Uh, I'm just a guy uh, going through life. You can pull that one leg over there by your, and it should flatten out this table. Ah, okay. Sometimes. We're, having, We're having table troubles. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Who are you? <laughs> I'm I'm a guy who fixes tables. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I, I was well I was I was uh, just a kid born in I was like an, I'm a, I'm a, uh, come from an Amish background basically. Oh really? Um, my grandpa was in the Amish church. Okay. And then uh, he left the Amish church before my dad ever joined the Amish church, so he was a, a conservative Mennonite. Oh, wow. Um, my aunt, my oldest aunt, actually was got married before they left the Amish church, and so she's, she remained uh, Amish until, until she was, she had, she had like 192 grand, great, great grandkids and kids and all that, you know, her whole family behind her. A lot of kids. Um, but she, yeah, she's she remained in the Amish church the whole time. Wow. So... My my dad grew up conservative Mennonite and then became just regular Mennonite. So I, I was kind of raised Mennonite, and then I ended up becoming part of the Church of the Brethren for a little while. Actually, was licensed lay minister in Church of the Brethren, and then um, went to Bible college and for about a year. And and uh, college, me and academia just didn't work out that well. Yeah. I, just, I never did well in school unless it was shop class, band, or something where I was doing, like actually doing something. Yeah. I, I couldn't, my book studying was not my thing. And I, I wanted to be a youth pastor, but then I, so I got involved in that. I was actually working as a youth pastor while I was going to college, as well as I was actually working nights at security at the college. So I was work, burn the candle, all, all three ends. Yeah. And <laughs> so there was, that was, it was crazy time, but it was, uh, it was a good time, but I, I, I learned a lot, but I did, one thing I learned was that I was not an academic. Yeah. I just, I couldn't, I didn't mind studying and learning. Problem was, I didn't want to learn something I didn't want to. It's like I, I couldn't apply myself to anything I didn't want to learn. Right. Which was a, a str- It's all, still a struggle to me. Yeah. I still have a problem with that. Um, if I want to learn something, I pour myself into it. But if I don't, I cannot sit through it at all. Really, it's just really, really difficult. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of who I am. That's Spart- t- academia, you need to know all of these different subjects. Yeah. Right. Or to, be, to be able to qualify to get to get through to get a degree and all those other things, there's all these minimum requirements. You have to, you know you have to you have to go take English 101 and English right. 101. You know it's all I couldn't stand it. And 
So that's kind of I kind of they make you up, do that first. They do, yeah, right yeah. off the bat. And yeah. it's like I don't want to learn this stuff. I want to. I want to. And I, they actually gave me classes in Bible college that my second semester that I was supposed to have other like prerequisites for. Really. And I got straight A's in them because I wanted to learn like, like minor prophets. I wanted to learn that. Right. They, but I could. I wasn't supposed to be allowed to. But they let me do it because I was. I was <laughs> older when I went to college. I was. Uh, I graduated when I was seventeen. I was sixteen when I started my se- my senior year in high school. Oh wow! So I was a really young kid going through school, and I graduated when I was seventeen. And then by the time I got into college, I was twenty, almost twenty two. I was twenty twenty one actually. When so I started. you took a little break. Took a, quite it? a break, and then and then because I was older, they kind of treated me differently. They kind of let me take what you know, yeah. let me do what I wanted to. Basically, um, gave, gave me some some. Uh, well, plus I was paying for it, so they were going to do whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was. That's kind of my that's kind of my upbringing, and yeah. just in a, in a nutshell, it was kind of um, I was I was I grew up being a believer. I, I kind of always remember believing in in a in God and in a, in, a, in a creator, and never really struggled with that too much. Um, I mean, there was questions along the way, and there was yeah. times times when I questioned that, of course. But at at some point, there was a point where I made a, a confession of faith. I mean, I actually believed in what I you know. It became real. When to everyone me. told, yeah, yeah, yeah it actually it was, became it was, became my own faith. It wasn't just yeah. the faith of my parents or my or, you know, somebody, someone else. It yeah. was I believed it because I believed it, right? And so that was this, you know, the whole thing. So, are you Mennonite now? Uh, no, not Mennonite. Yeah, now. so you're not the faith of your fathers. No, <laughs> uh, and I'm. I think my dad's okay with that. He, he yeah. he's he's passed away, but um, he at the end of his life um, was he considers himself he considered himself a Mennonite as well. Yeah, but he also realized that 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 was a huge part of who he was. Um, it was a big part of his heritage and a part of his culture, but it, he also realized that that wasn't, that wasn't the true faith. and right. you know, That wasn't the only way to it's be. the only bus getting into exactly, heaven. Yeah, exactly, right. yeah. <laughs> so, right. so, yeah, that's... And I, I've kind of grown... I've been involved in a lot of different denominational stuff as well as non-denominational stuff, but... Uh, so it's I'm kind of more of a... A drifter now. Yeah, <laughs> remember you went to uh, Vineyard Church for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, on staff with Vineyard for a little while I mean, in this area, and you met my parents at, I'm guessing Zion Chapel. Zion Chapel in, yeah. here in Goshen, Which yeah. Which is non-denominational. Yep. A lot of Mennonites were there. A lot of ex-Mennonites were there. Yeah. Um, and some some ex-Amish even came out of the Amish church and went there initially. Oh wow. So there was there was quite a few of that, quite a few of those. Um, but that, and that I can think that probably the church I was at before that was a combination Mennonite Church of the Brethren Church. However, it was part of the renewal movement at that time, and they were, it was all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that kind of stuff, were all happening there. And oh, wow. It was a big deal within the Mennonite and, and uh, Church of the Brethren Church at that time. Yeah. And there was a huge movement, and it became really big. It was like seven or 800 people at one point, and that was early on. Uh, I was actually part of a little bitty group that, that joined that, 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 that uh, group. Called, it was called Communion Fellowship at that time. I was part of what was called Tuesday Night Bible Study, which was actually Karis Ministries, and uh, followed by the name of Mike Licklackner ran that group, and that was really when I, that was when I really became, I think, a solid, true disciple. There's a difference between being a believer and being a disciple, and right. kind of in really giving your heart. And this is the focus of my life now. This is everything I'm about, and I think that's. It was right before I, I got involved with that group that I really had that experience, that salvation experience. Um, and then so that was like gas to the... Yeah. Right. Then it was all full in and everything was all about, you know, ministry. And is that before or after you went to college? 
That was before. Okay, so then that probably pushed you to going to Bible school yeah. to be a youth pastor. I was willing to to, yeah. to really buckle down and do that, and be, I was really motivated to to try to learn and, and be someone I wasn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I you know I met a lot of yeah. really good lifelong friends there. That's how colleges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it was, it was, <laughs> but it was, it was really good. Um, I mean, literally, I've, I've had there are friends that I was just there for one year, but there are friends I've, I've still in contact with to this day. That was, that was like almost forty years ago. So wow. it was a big deal um, in terms of changing my life. Came back from there um, at that time. That's when Tuesday Night Bible Study Caris Ministries was joining Communion Fellowship. So it kind of happened while I was going to college during that time, which was just Fort Wayne, so it wasn't that far away, but right. it was uh, kind of happened during that whole time. So I wasn't really a part of that, the, 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 the shift or the, the connection. Shift, the shift, yeah, yeah, the connection there, the melting of that, what happened there. Um, but, um, th- th- yeah, in the process of all that, I ended up getting married, met my wife there. She, she actually was a member of the other church. So oh, that's, very cool. It's like God did this whole thing where he brought these two churches together just to get us together kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Cool how God works. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then we've been married for like 33 years now. Wow. So we married in 89 and been married since then. So. Wow. Yeah. 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 I was born in 92. Yeah. Yeah. Pre, pre-Timon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know uh, we connected back at church a couple of weeks ago. You came to church and yeah. listened to my dad speak. Yep. Yep. Um, that was really good. Yeah. He's crazy. Yeah. He's a crazy person. <laughs> he says some crazy things. It's great. Um <laughs> But we were talking just at church. I'm like, man, I need to get you on the podcast. Because, one, you have a podcast. Yes, I do. Um, yeah. And you've been doing audio stuff for a long time. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to show you my setup, all that fun stuff. But I thought it would be cool to listen. And then there's a lot happening in your life now, which will tie back to you know all the other stuff. But yeah. I thought that would be yeah. great. To, because you've, know, you've known me for so long, and I've known you for so long, I've seen little highlights of your life throughout it all. So yeah. I thought it would be That great. makes it kind of fun. Yeah. 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 And I've, I've gotten to see you grow up and do, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the fun little things. Yeah. 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 Um, tell me about your podcast. Okay. So I, I started this podcast, uh, actually I started it as a video vlog back okay. in probably 2010, oh, something wow. like that. Okay. And I was doing, I was doing pretty well at it and I actually started it as a, it was, it was called Shall Not Be Infringed when I first started. That's my first show. Okay. And it was all about gun rights. And it was all about um, it was all about the Second Amendment, and I kind of, I kind of taught on, I kind of did these little ta- teachings on the whole thing and the history of the Second Amendment and what it's why it's why, why it says it the way it does and why it's written the way it is in the Bill of Rights. And during that process, um, there's so much that the Second Amendment relates to all the other amendments, hmm. and how uh, even th- things like. Um, uh, pro-life, the pro-life movement, and things that were happening with church in terms of the church's rights, the freedom of religion, all the things that we have as well. They were attacking Second Amendment, uh, you know, some, some people were attacking the Second Amendment, but it also, but it relates so much to the way they attack the other other rights as well. Mm. It's just the, the same, they use the if same They can tactics. degrade it this way, they'll degrade the other rights. Exactly way. the same yeah. way, yes. Yeah. So it, I was kind of trying to relate to all the Bill of Rights and the way it, our founders meant for this nation to be a nation where you were self-governed, and you had, and and it was about the rights of the individual. Hmm. Um, at least the way I, the way I saw it is is the way the founders put it all together was, it didn't it wasn't supposed to be a top-down government. It was supposed to be a government for of and by the people, which means we are the government. We are the we govern. We have a self-government within ourselves. In other words, the government basically gave us the liberty and the freedom 
to live our lives, as long as it doesn't encroach on someone else's rights, we have the right to live with our, with our religion, with our property, with our things, without with our being molested ideas. by the government. Yeah. Right. And yeah, our, our idea is freedom of speech, freedom yeah. of being able to say what we want to say without being censored or anything. And those rights, I think, have... Uh, I think JFK was the one who said it, and I'll probably butcher it the way I said it, or the way I said it, because it probably isn't what he said. But I think he said something to the effect of, the rights of every man are threatened when the rights of one man are mm. uh, compromised. It's some, something to that effect. Yeah. And what that meant was, if, if, like in a true democracy, in a pure democracy, 51% of the people can vote to kill the other 40% or to have some, you know, to take away the wealth of the other 40% because it's, it's simply based on majority rule. Right. But that's not what the founders had. In fact, no place in our founding documents do you see the word democracy. Mm. It's all about a representative constitutional republic. If we have a democratic process that elects representatives that go to Washington to defend our rights, to make sure that our rights aren't encroached upon, and to make sure that there's the, the things, the function of government happens, in other words, the, the infrastructure and the, all the other things that we have are done without taking away our rights. And that's, that's not what's happening now. That now you've got a, a completely collectivist mentality in, in a lot of government, even among the establishment Republicans. And that collectivism is opposed to what the founders ever intended. They, they right. intended our, our, our nation to be founded on individuality, in, in individualism, not... That hinders their money getting into their pockets. Exactly. Yeah. That's, and so you've got this <laughs> this big... Uh, of course they want to degrade it. Yeah. Yeah. Because they every time... Like, just like when they send money to Ukraine, no, no matter where you stand on the whole Ukraine thing, both sides all of a sudden wanted to send $40 billion overnight just to, to Ukraine. You know, yeah. Mitch McConnell, or Mitch McConnell. Yeah. He, 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 he calls up Biden, and all of a sudden they're like, okay, within, a, within 24 hours, they're, they're like, yeah, let's it. go ahead and send him a bunch of money. Yeah, they did it fast, they multiple did that, times. Multiple times now. We're over $70 billion now that we've, we've, we've sent just in, quote, aid, not alone, let alone other things that we've been sending. Right. And that's just cash money being sent there, and there's no accountability. Rand Paul tried to tried to stop that and say, well, we need accountability on where this money goes. Right. They they nixed they it. it the, the establishment yeah. totally blocked it out. Yeah. Which tells you something. What what are they doing? Where's the money going? And a lot of times, it goes over there. All these oligarchs, all these places. You know, it's it's like there's no. We're just writing them a check. Yeah, no, does check. anybody ask about how the money's transferred or who who actually what account the money goes into? Nobody says anything about that. It just goes over there, and all of a sudden. All these oligarchs and all the people who are wealthy over there probably getting the money. There's all these organizations. Ukraine has been a big money laundering country for a long time for a lot of really nefarious activity mm. that gets back to the campaign funding of some of the people that we have in this country. Right and left, doesn't matter which side. Right. There are people who, and the same thing happens in China, the same thing happens in Iran. Right. Um, and so a lot of this funding that goes to the, some of these countries gets funnel, finds its way back to the campaigns of the people who are pushing for it. Right, or the pockets or somehow. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's, or the family. You know, you've got family around these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The they, they hide it that way, too. So it's not, well, I don't, you, can, you can audit me all you for want. Yeah. $5 million. Exactly. It's just a stick figure. Yeah. So you're doing this in 2010, you're kind of talking all about I was this? talking about some of this stuff. Well, this, this, that's what this has grown into. So, yeah. so starting in 2010, then I started getting more political with things but, that were happening. And you're doing vlogs. And so I was doing vlogs then. Was it on YouTube and stuff? It was on YouTube, okay. and I started getting real... I had quite a few uh, views. I'd put out a video, and I'd have, you know, a thousand views. I mean, it was real quickly. Right. I had a lot of subscribers as well. What was weird was all of a sudden, it started going away. 
Hmm. I wasn't really changing anything with the show, but all of a sudden I started getting fewer and fewer subscribers and fewer and fewer views. All of a sudden it came down to 45. Every time I put out a video, it was 45 views and that was it. Like I, it was exactly that number every time. Yeah, that's weird. Very strange. And then I, this is before I knew anything about shadow banning or the, the yeah. whole behind the scenes stuff. And I realized at some point somebody started talking about the shadow banning thing that was going on and all the other stuff where they were just basically limiting, they were throttling your channel. Yeah. And that's what was happening. I didn't know what it was called at the time. I kind of just gave up. I thought, well, people aren't wanting to listen to this anymore because for a while it got down to 10 listeners and my subscribers just started dropping off like flies. That's and it didn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, it's very discouraging. And so I kind of stopped, I just stopped doing it altogether. I stopped even putting anything out on YouTube anymore. Yeah. And then I, I saw the podcasting thing, and I thought, well, it's that's maybe going to be a trend that comes and goes. Podcasting has been around for a long time, right? But all of a sudden, it has become a really popular way to get out there, and everybody kind of has their own little radio show, you know, kind right. of thing. Right. And it has really become really, it's really, I've been amazed at how it's taken off. Yeah. And so I started doing a podcast um, a couple years ago. This, which kind of started. Um, only because I have this other, the voiceover business that I've been doing. I was going to say, you've been in voice stuff for yeah. a while. So the equipment uh, was all there. It was really yeah. easy for me to just sit You had your office recording. with the pad in there, all yeah. that stuff. So I've, got a, I've got an office at home as well, so I can record it. I had a main office, that I've, at my main office, and then I also yeah. have a place at home where I can do auditions and yeah. stuff. So, so yeah, it's pretty well set up um, professionally, you know, to where I can really do real work. I mean, I, I, yeah. um, it's, not, it's not just a hobby. It's, I, I can... I actually have another job now as well because I, I can do that at the same time I do this one. So, I, but that is my primary job is voiceover work. Right. So that's it, what you're saying is yeah, yeah, your primary stuff, and you've been doing that for a while, several um, years. Start, yeah. Started doing it part time in 2012 probably, yeah. and then actually started getting paid some pretty good money to do some of the jobs. Wow. And I started realizing, you know, this is a pretty good gig. I probably should look at maybe these people are seriously paying me serious money to do this. I thought maybe I should start doing this a little more seriously. Yeah. And so I started just every every morning I would get up. I had this this time in my life for a little while um, where I was going through. I would get up in the morning about five o'clock in the morning, go into my office by five thirty. I would get on live on Facebook and I would actually do worship music. Okay. So I would just play a, so- a couple songs, and I would just I would kind of sing some worship songs, and then it was actually it wasn't like it was music that I just made up on the, on the spot. It was actually spontaneous. Uh, I called it uh, unleashed spontaneous worship or whatever I called it. Yeah. I would just sit down and whatever was in my heart, I just started singing it. That's cool. So I was making up songs as I was going. I would do that for about fifteen or twenty minutes every morning, and then as soon as I got done doing that, I would do some auditions. So I was, my voice was already warmed up. I would just walk into the booth, and I'd, I'd have this subscription service that I use to get auditions with this company. And so I would do auditions. I'd do five or ten auditions every morning, and then I'd go out, walk the dogs, and you know, spend the rest of the day. If I got, and then I'd get a call and get a job or something from those auditions. They again. listen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Those people cool. would listen to those auditions. It's like a, a line, like a two-minute, two two-sentence line or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, what I do is I subscribe to this thing. I pay, it's, I pay for it every year, um, but it's. Uh, They'll po- people with marketing companies will post these jobs right. and they'll put a little bit of the script or the whole script sometimes on this audition. So you go in and read it for them and then you, you send them the, the file and you, t- you tell them what your rates are and that kind of thing. Sometimes they have a rate already assigned to it. And so you, you, you basically are applying for the job. <clears throat> and so they'll take that, that, uh, that audio. They'll go in and listen to it and yours compared to maybe 20 or 30 other people. Right. 
and then they'll make a decision, and then I would get you know a call, or I either would or wouldn't get a call. For for a while, it was about every for the first thirty or forty auditions I would do, I'd get a job. Um, I started getting better at doing the auditions, getting better at my my equipment was getting better. Um, I ended up doing more auditions, but I started getting jobs. At, at one point, I, I got it down now to where I do seven or eight auditions, and I can get a job. Okay, I'm better wow. at picking the auditions, so I'm better at focusing on what the ones that I know more of my niche is. And then I, I, so I focus on those and I also, yeah, that's money then that's easy. Yeah. It's easy, easy peasy. Yeah. If you know what you're doing, that's yeah, the key. Exactly. Yeah. But anybody can do voiceover. I mean, even people with a good, a nice voice, that's only part of it. That's like 40% of it. Being able to manage the files, do the recording, do the editing you need to do all those kinds of things and, and be able to present yourself and provide the service for them. Right. Um, a lot of times they'll call me over the phone. And so they're giving me direction in my ear while I'm doing the recording. Oh, okay. Which you have to know what how to take direction. So, so they might say we need we need that to be brighter, faster, slower, whatever it is. Um, it needs to be more ominous. It needs to be. So you kind of need to understand that kind of direction and how to make those things happen. So, yeah. kind of like, you know, they need the movie trailer voice in right. a world where one man living in a in his basement doing a podcast in his basement. His <laughs> name is Timon. Stuff like that. Yeah, um, that. that's that's the kind of stuff that you have to kind of know how to work the microphone, how to work the voice. Yeah, um, they might want something. Awesome. You don't want to sell you a you know a paper towel. We're gonna to sell you this paper towel right now. And stuff like that. Yeah. You need to be able to <laughs> kind of have the high energy sales type stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. But, but all that stuff comes through direction and how to how, how to read the script that they want done. Right. So it, it, that and that after a while you start to develop those skills. Not everybody has that. They have a nice voice. They might be able to read a book very very well. Right. And then you know, but it's after a while you develop. The ability to, to yeah. charge more because now I can do those kinds of jobs better. Yep. And now I hardly do a job for less than a thousand dollars. Oh wow. So it's That's it's nice. been one of those things where, and but I want to get into more coaching. I'm starting to write it. Right. I'm doing a, an online course that I'm trying to put together to start helping people who want to get involved in voiceover determine whether it's good for them or not. That's the way to do that. Yeah. And coaching is the that's the money maker. It is. I mean, you can make money. Yeah. But you're also making it. Well, and you're yeah. It's it, the cool you thing is you're helping somebody up, else. Uh, yeah. And and they really get you can see the real value in what you're doing directly with somebody else, which is right. really what I'm all about anyway. But that kind of gets in that whole multi and thing. that scales, right? That's a lot easier than your time of recording it and yeah. sending eight auditions and getting one right, right, right. Compared to helping twenty people, yeah, do that same process. And, and I can sip, I can take a two week vacation, and that course is still selling online. Right. So it's, it's it's one of those things where they just click on it and buy it, and right. it keeps on going. And so it's. It's kind of a pat, more of a passive income, right. but up front, this all this passive income stuff is kind of a joke because really, yeah, really. you have, really have to have something of value to do to do. And that, so, and that that's takes the time. new scam right now. Is it that is. passive income? Yeah, yeah. There's really yeah. no such thing, but because you really have to invest your time before it's it's a pre. You have to provide a product, or you have to create. Let's the product. not talk about the product. Think about what you want to spend that money. That's on. right. That's, that's right. How they that's get exactly you. how they get you. That's exactly. how they get you. I'm yeah. Like, okay, well, what am I selling? Yeah, well, you've spent Doesn't twenty minutes. Pay the money. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've spent twenty minutes explaining how I'm going to be riding on a jet ski, but I don't know what I'm selling. <laughs> that's like, exactly right. What am I actually yeah. selling? That is the way they do. You find it out. You find out what they're selling. Like, man, this is an awful product. Yeah, like, no one's going to buy this. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Where's that jet ski? Yeah. It's the dude's jet ski. Yeah, he sold exactly. Yeah, he's got garbage. Exactly. Yeah. No, I've seen that all the time. Yep. So um, you have all this voice equipment, and that's when you start doing the podcast, yeah. basically. And it's based on kind of the infringement piece. It's, or what, it's what is more, it It's now? more political. I, I just started getting into more. Originally, when I first started doing it, it's called The News According to Me. And okay. so what, what it was about was about the news, the people who make the news. So I was doing more 
commentary on actual news broadcasters, commentators. Okay. So I would talk about like things like if, if Sean Hannity was doing some, some kind of show or had a, had a critique on Sean Hannity's show. Right. So I would talk about his show. I would talk more about him and the way he conducted the interview. Hmm. So it wasn't necessarily about the content of what he was talking about. It was more about how he conducted the interview. Gotcha. And so it, so it would be like him or Tucker or right. uh, just in, NPR, whoever Don it was, Lemon. MSNBC, yeah, right. Don Lemon, anybody. Uh, it could be any any broadcast, any any you know, legacy media, whatever, whoever it was. Right. I started critiquing them and, and the way they were doing things. And then I started – the things that they were saying, like the commentary that they were doing. Mm. So it wasn't just about the news. It was about the way they were commentating on the news. Yeah. And that, that kind of led into – now I just kind of talk about the news more. I will still talk about a lot of things about um, – a particular, like I'll talk about Sean Hannity and how he interrupts all of his. He'll have somebody on. He just all he does is interrupt him the whole time. So yeah. I, it just drives me nuts. Watched a Pierce Morgan interview recently, and that's, he did the same thing. They're good at that. Yeah, it makes them sound smart, but you can't listen to a full coherent sentence from their guest. Right. And it's like, well, I'm trying to understand what they're saying so I can understand exactly. What yeah, it's it, it's so yeah, it's yeah. frustrating. They, they, it's like I'm gonna have. It's like it's like let's say you're my guest and I have you on and I ask you a question and then before you can answer. I tell you what the answer is, mm-hmm. and I keep on going with my little. It's it's all about my soapbox, mm-hmm. and not about I want to. Joe Rogan is the opposite of that, right. which is why he's so successful. Right, he'll sit there and listen to everything you have to say, let you make your your point, and then he'll attack you on every point, everything yeah. that you're wrong on. Yeah, it's just and people get so lulled into it. I love it because they you know, they're not expecting it, and he's yeah. Like, why would you think that? And, and then like, yeah. Wait, why did I think that? <laughs> you can see them yeah. like it's so like all of a sudden he undermines your entire you know, yeah. th- thought process of what, well, why why am I thinking that kind yeah. of thing? Yeah, he's 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 a master of that. That's of beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really is. It good. makes it hard to watch other interviewers because yeah. he's so good at it. Like when I was watching the Pierce Morgan, I was like, man, this is, yeah. And they they he interrupts, he interrupts, he interrupts, and then changes the next subject. It's yeah. like they don't even finish the su- the. It's all about their agenda. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's all it is. Yeah, um, yeah, all newscasters. I right. think that's just legacy media. It is. Yeah. That's where it's going. Yeah. I think it is. I, I, yeah. It's it's sad cuz it becomes this echo chamber. It becomes a a I don't know. It's it's more of a us against them mentality yeah. rather than trying to seek to understand the other person. We're trying to just drill it into them or make our point and try to right. you know, try to make them look stupid or whatever it is. Keep going to. forward. Yeah. 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 Which this that the echo chamber only puts pockets money yep. back into the pockets of the politicians. So yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And if you listen to <laughs> Like if you listen to very many of the commentators, and they, this happens on Fox and every, everywhere else, but they always have the same guests on every night. Yeah. They, they always have the same, it's almost like the show, you kind of know this pattern of the show. They're going to have this guest on, and they're going to have that guest on, they're going to come on for 30 seconds, make their little point, the next guest. Um, I don't know if you've ever, ever seen Gutfeld. Have it. It's a very different kind of format in his show. He, he has five, or, you know, he, there's him and usually four other people. Okay, maybe panel. I have seen this. And he's, he's just... They're kind of, they're, it's kind of a funny, entertaining type show, but he gets everybody's opinion. He gives them all, you know, a, a good minute or two minutes to, to kind of kind of say what they want to about a particular topic, and usually, you know, he jumps in with something funny about the whole thing, and, he, and it's 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 more of a um, let's hear what everyone has to say. Yeah, than the next thing, it gives everybody a chance to make the point and go yeah. on, and it's it's and it's he's got all kinds of diverse people on there typically. Um, he doesn't. It, they're usually pretty much leaning towards the same way he is, but they that nobody is immune to the who they can make fun of. I mean, they, they will make fun of anybody. That's cool. One side or the other, doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, that's... That's, that's where it gets fun. Yeah, it is. It yeah. does, yeah. I and mean, that's that's being real. You know, yeah. it's, it's not not this thing where you can only make fun of the other side or we can only talk bad about them. And not, they, yeah. Our side can do the same thing, but we're not going to talk about that. 
So right. It's, that that drives me nuts. It's sick. Yeah, it's 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 dumb. It's like yeah, let's if it's equal opportunity. Yeah. Um, I'm going back into my memory bank, and I'm remembering when we went. You and me, I think Andy Kessler went to um, uh, Ron Paul. Ron Paul. Yep. He down came. Fort Wayne. Is it yep. Fort Wayne? Yep. Yeah, and came and talked. And I think that was the first time I was. Um, like exposed to the Libertarian Party. Like I've heard the Libertarian ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was in high school, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. do would you say you're more of a libertarian or where where are you politically? Um it's you know, to say Probably I'm a libertarian not. uh is a little bit tricky because some people aren't sure how to take that. Because if you look at the Libertarian Party, it's I don't crazy. I don't agree it's with crazy. the Libertarian Party. Yeah. But I consider myself a conservative libertarian, which is exactly what Ron Paul is. Right. I disagree with Ron on a few things, but as far as liberty and, and individual rights, he nails it. He's yeah. got it down pat. And that's where I stand. I, I stand on this idea of I, I don't like the GOP. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like I – mean, more of their platform agrees with what I believe, but I don't, I don't necessarily like – I wouldn't like to call myself a Republican necessarily. Right. Um, I, I do call myself I, – I would consider myself a conservative libertarian. I'm pro-life, which the Libertarian Party is not. Mm. And I, that is an issue that I cannot, I cannot back down from. It's life. I, can't, I believe life begins at conception, which means that life has now rights. Right. So, and you start asking them, well, when do you think life begins? So many of them now on the radical, the radical left believes you can have an abortion. You can go ahead and terminate the child after birth. Right. This is, this is yeah. hideous to me. I can't. I can't believe we've, our, our society even has that kind of thing as a. You'll come out and say it out loud. It, it's just it oh, amazes yeah. me. Yeah. Um, I think they should uh, sacrifice them on yeah. hands, right, and then bury them in their walls if they're right. It's it's it is almost like a, it is that kind of thing. It, yeah, it, we're in living in that. It's and it's we, all, we've not changed as humans. We're the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're still <laughs> we're the same. The p- people are just as capable of you know. It's, and it's all about selfishness. That's, that's yeah. what it all boils down to. But it's yeah. um, and Ron, Ron Paul's the same way. He's he's a pro life. He believes that yeah. life in the womb has has rights, and that, and there's nobody going to stand up for those rights. He can't stand up for or that that child in the womb can't stand up for them by, by themselves. Right. So somebody has to, and at some point we've got to come to a, a decision in this country. When does life begin? Right. And I think we're not even allowed to have that conversation. No, we can't even have the conversation. <clears throat> That's crazy. I like, yeah. If they if they make a good argument for like six weeks, eight weeks, sixteen weeks, or something, right? But it's not even that. It's like no. Don't even talk about it. Let it happen until yeah, two years pass. You know, let's kill toddlers. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you know what I mean. What what? Let's kill eighteen year olds. They're not adults yet. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. Or somebody on welfare because they're not supporting themselves. Yeah. It's like well, was some some of them will say, well, it's when the, when a child can support himself outside the womb. I know grown adults who can't do that. Yeah. That's so true. so this should they be terminated? Well, yeah. some some people believe they should be. If you're not <laughs> yeah. if you're not contributing to society, I mean, in a true despot kind of uh, collectivist. Society. Some of them actually believe you should be eliminated from society if you can't yeah. support, can't contribute to society. That's that's the mentality of some of these people. Yeah, that leads pretty dark places. Pretty it's bad. pretty dark. It's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. But so you would say you're a conservative libertarian? I think yeah, that that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm I'm leaning more and more libertarian. Um, it's been tough. I mean, yeah. On a local election, when it comes to a local piece, like I know a lot of people in Goshen. Goshen's pretty liberal. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some amazing people who, you know, I voted for who are liberal. Yeah. Um, so it, it does when it comes to local, it doesn't really I don't actually have a camp. It's hard to it, choose. It is harder. Yeah. And it's and it's well there's not as much 
it's it's, it's much more extreme. it's not as extreme you're right, right. You're exactly that's yeah, that's a good good point yeah and, and i've had good conversations with some liberals that um and like the like the jfk democrats which are very rare now like yeah. pe- people who still believe in like like T- tulsi gabbard coming out recently has really been a big deal yeah um oh they threw they they tried to throw her in a bus as fast as possible yeah she they were already kind of after her anyway they, but yeah it, it's but that, she's a strong independent woman yeah yeah let's not yeah and then you know, they, they don't like her now yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah I've, I've had some some conversations really good conversations with some some liberals socialist i would say mm-hmm. and I, i'm like i'm all for people getting health care. I'm all for people getting education. I'm all for people having a home to live in and all the things that they need all to be, to, to, I just, I think that I'd rather see an economy in a society where they can afford those things yeah. themselves than the government doing rather it. than somebody else paying for it. And actually when you say the government, we're talking about me, other mm-hmm. people, I don't think I should be forced to pay for your education. I don't no. think I should be forced to pay for your or welfare. If it would be nice if you could pay for it, and it went right to their education. If it actually Not did, three percent of what you that paid would be another story, them, right? Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of times you're like, okay, I'll pay. I will pay for their education. They're like, okay, it's going to cost you fifty thousand dollars a year, and only two hundred bucks is going to their education. Yeah. The rest goes to administrative fees and the professors who are making it right, sometimes yeah. ridiculous. The bloat of, of government. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's interesting. So yeah, yeah. No, I. But but, but when I, when I talk to him like that, and I'll say. We want the same things. We want to see people fed. We want to see people educated. Mm-hmm. It's how we get there that we need to work through. That's that's. Let's work together on those things. I want to I want to see private enterprise or, or some other way of getting there besides government below government bureaucracy. Well, they don't do a great and, job. And, and, and yeah, it's, they're it's, only good at one thing. And that's killing people. Yeah, in other countries. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's about all they're good very at. Efficient at that. <laughs> they're yeah. very efficient yeah. at that. And they want to do more of that as much as they can. Yeah, let's fund but that. Let's what, fund. Yeah, what, and, and only if it has something to do with like oil or something, it'll be some of our resources. Right, some resources. If, if, if it's just a just cause, that doesn't matter. That doesn't all of a sudden right. doesn't matter. Yeah, no, no, no. plenty of those kinds of things we just ignored. No, you know, that's all about. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so unfortunate. I think there's um, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I think there's more of a push towards libertarianism than there's ever been before. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Yeah, so independence and, and just, that kind of thing. I, yeah. I just remember that time that we went to there, and it's it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, um, to see how many people were fired up, fired up for Ron Paul, I think that was a spark for something. Yeah, to it see was. someone who is a, an innovator outside of the yeah. two systems that we had in a time where all you had was two systems. Yeah. I think we're starting to see that breakdown. Now, he was really yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. I remember seeing the people who were like, you know. Free weed. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. The, then the other people who are like, hey, we need to be able to drink raw milk. Yeah, yeah exactly. You <laughs> saw all of that there. Yeah, the whole spectrum was the there. The whole spectrum yeah. was there. It was, it was kind of great. So. Yeah. And, he's, and he's, uh, he's good at communicating. Back, back then, he's, he's, he's not yeah. as sharp as he used to be, yeah. but he was really good at communicating that back then. Um, I, I think he did a I, – all the education I got on individual – and the, our, the way our nation was founded was a, a lot of that I attribute to, to Ron Paul because yeah. he was so good at – explaining liberty and, and, and this whole idea of individual individualism. Yeah. I was I just wasn't in that mentality state at all back then. I thought, you know, well you got the GOP and you got the you know the Democrat mm-hmm. Party and uh, I, I just you got socialism and you got Republicans and you got conservatives. And a lot of people take on the conservative name it doesn't mean anything. You know, got people like Lindsey Graham who will call himself a conservative just because that's the end thing to call himself. He's right. not a conservative at all, and he's right. and he's a he's a war hawk. He's a warmonger. He's an active. He's progressive. a big government. He's yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, he's I just progressing us the this direction, the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. not yeah. conservating. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. So there you go. That's me. Um, <laughs> before we start talking, you were telling me about because you you've, you've done so much. I mean, you got the podcast going on. You're doing the voiceover. You're pilot. 
Yeah. Right. Um, you're writing a book. It sounds like you're doing a training program. You've got so much, that you're doing, and that's been what I've seen throughout my whole life. Is you were talking a little bit. What was the term that you used? There's there's something called a multipotentialite. Okay. And it's it's a it's a label. I, I hate labels, but that really is a label that sticks with me. Um, and what it means is, in a, uh, to kind of put it in a nutshell, a multipotentialite is a person who learns something, gets really good at it becomes an instructor or a teacher in that thing, it gets to that point where you're at that level, mm-hmm. and then completely drops it and does something totally different. Mm. Like totally out, out of, off, nothing related at all to what they just did. I've been doing that all my life. Um, when I was younger, even as a kid, uh, I took up music. Now, there's a lot of different avenues in music, so I'd pick up one instrument, and I'd throw that. I started off as a drummer in, in high yep. school. Um, then I wanted to learn saxophone. Very different instrument. <laughs> so I did. I learned, learned a friend of mine actually was switched for a while. He taught me how to play saxophone. I taught him. Or he t- yeah, and I taught, I taught him how to play drums. Wow. And then, um, and I, right out of high school, I learned how to play guitar. I just, I just picked up a guitar, started figuring it out, and I just started. And then I taught myself from guitar. I taught myself piano. Um, so it was just it was just like one thing after another like that. I took like two weeks of, of piano lessons as a kid. I was probably, probably in my sixth grade or fifth grade or something like that. I couldn't stand it, so I didn't do it, but I played piano better than my wife, who took two years of, of piano lessons. Wow. <laughs> and so it's one of those weird things where I just kind of picked it up. Right. But um, Savant, maybe. Like, yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah, like I got this kind of, yeah, whatever. That, yeah, yeah I, can't, right. I can't spell that word, so I'm right. not sure if I can be <laughs> yeah, that. I'll take that. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I ended up, um, but, but now it was, so it was fun. So then I, then I was also involved in martial arts at the time. Yeah. So I became a black belt and wow. I started my own studio. I started my own school down in Syracuse for a while. And wow. so I was, I taught that for a while and then totally left that, got into uh, Bible college and started teaching Bible stuff and became, I was, I was loved preaching and teaching and doing stuff, especially with kids. Um, it was more of a high school. I worked at a summer camp for a while, yeah. did all that stuff. So it kind of became a teacher in, in that regard as well. And so, so it was one of those things where you kind of move up to this level of not just learning it, but then all of a sudden wanting, wanting to teach it. And I, I'm, a t- I'm a teacher at heart. I love teaching people things, love seeing. Um, in fact, I just, just well, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm now teaching at the airline, airline that I work for. Yeah, and I just had, you know, I just signed off two guys that became captains this last weekend. That's just a huge thing for me. It's like, that is so cool, that to, is see, cool. to see you know, two new guys being captains. But um, yeah, there's cool. just a reward in that kind of thing of passing something on, being able to do that. But th- there's a, also a, there's a downside to this whole thing. One of them is you, you can really you you're you're all in on what you want to learn. The problem is you don't want to learn anything else. So you can't. <laughs> it's and that's where I had I struggled. I think that whole acad- academia thing. Right. I if I if they were trying to tell me what I had to learn in order to do something else, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to learn the thing I wanted to learn. Right. And it's so they're highly motivated there, but no motivation to do anything else. Right. And then. This all went really well. So I learned how to fly right out of college. I wanted to be a bush pilot. I wanted to be uh, yeah, a missionary missionary pilot. Yeah, I uh, wanted to do that. So I was learning how to fly, trying to trying to do all that stuff. Became an instructor, trying to build up my time and my experience. Right. You need like thousands of hours. Yeah, to do... back then especially, yeah. it was a big deal to have lots of hours. Yeah. So I was I was I started my so instead of just uh, waiting for a job to come along to build up my time, I started my own uh, flight school. So I started, <laughs> that wow. was the first real big business I ever, I, st- I mean, I had a couple other businesses too. I started a, an airplane cleaning business before I did all that. So I was trying to fund my flying, flying stuff and, uh, several of the businesses before that is like little stuff, but the, the, the big business that I started 
that was really a business was my my flight school. Mm. Um, taking in about a half million dollars a year. Wow. Spending a little bit more than that. So I was I was uh, <laughs> I wasn't making yeah. any money, but I was. <laughs> but you were um, operating. I was operating, and I was getting a lot of flight time and gaining a lot of experience. Um, by the time when I started doing uh, charter work as flying as a pilot for charter companies, I ended up as a, as a corporate pilot for a company out of Rochester for a little while. Hmm. And, and I was in all of us in jet stuff. So I was flying jets at that time. Then I got a call from Air Wisconsin and, is, and that's, they wanted me to, you know, they were uh, flying basically for United at that time. Went to work for them in 99 of, uh, 2000 or yeah, 2099. 2099. Yep. 1999. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I'm tracking. I'm confused. I'm a old man. So I had, <laughs> so I, I'm not good at math. The, uh, so I ended up working for that subject, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> it was too academic. Minor profit. Yeah. Easy. Math. I'm <laughs> not sure what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so typically that's the other way around. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. That's really kind of, um, so I ended up, uh, working for them for a few years but I was also into sailing, of course. Oh, yeah. Sailing was something I also learned as a kid because I grew up on a marina. My dad had a marina when I was growing up, and oh. I learned how to sail. Well, guess what? I became a sailing instructor at the summer camp, camp that I was at. So I was actually teaching that as well. Wow. <laughs> it's another one of those things where I, I started doing. So I was still into sailing, so I had this sailboat that somebody gave me for doing flight work. For, I was a pilot for them for a little while, and they gave me the sailboat. It was like a 25-foot little cruiser. And so I took that, um, had it on Lake Michigan for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, then I sold that. While I was a pilot, and I got this other boat project, I, wanted, I always wanted to build a sailboat from scratch. But this, this was, a, this was a, almost that kind of a project. It was actually a boat that just needed a whole lot of restoration. Yeah. I was working on that. Well, in the process of working on that, it didn't have a motor in it. So I thought, well, I'm just going to come up with my own electric propulsion system. Mm-hmm. I want to put an electric drive system. And this is kind of back when the whole green thing was just kind of starting to become a thing. Yeah. And so I, I was looking around for an option. I was going to try to put an internal electric motor in it, make that work. I was kind of looking at that whole idea. And I was, as I was doing all this, I was realizing there's nobody out there really selling a kit to do this. Like there's not, there's nobody, there's one other company and they weren't really doing it very well. Yeah. So I decided to do it on my own. Well, in the process of doing that, I went to one boat show and this guy comes up to me at the end of the boat show and he says, what you need to do is make a pod, like a, something that mounts to the bottom of the boat. Yeah. And I just thought that was a crazy idea on a sailboat because it's going to look really big and it's going to take up, you know, going to be a lot of drag. I started looking into it more. Well, by the next boat show that I did, realized the pod thing is all about the nose cone. So it's all about making the right nose cone so that it doesn't actually make that much drag. Now, the other thing about it was that propeller, that little pod down there, the thing that's turning actually can become a generator and charge your batteries while you're sailing. Oh, wow. So that I I focused everything on just off-the-shelf parts, everything that like the motor controller, the motor itself was just a permanent magnet motor, real simple simple uh, concept, nothing unusual except it's waterproof. Yeah. And it mounts underneath the boat, kind of like those old little toys we used to have when I was a kid where you put a little double-A battery. You probably never had one, but double-A yeah. battery in the thing and it had a little... There's old guys out there that know what I'm talking about. Right. And it mounts on the bottom of the boat, you turn it on and it's just... You know, the boat will go off. Goes, yeah. yeah. Um, that's kind of what the concept was. So the, the owner himself could just drill two holes, put the pipes in, seal the thing up and Begin run your go. wires in and go. And yeah. Real simple to, to change out your and all, all that weight where that area where your motor and all the exhaust and all that systems were now comes out and you put batteries in there. Oh, and so now nice. you've got a huge battery bank. You go out and you sail, you know, you motor out of the harbor, you sail around, your batteries charge up, and you come back and you, your batteries are charged. No big deal. No big deal. Plug yeah. it into the dock. And no, no, no gas, no nothing to mess with. Um, really nice, easy way to do it. Very quiet. Very, you know, when you're, even when you're motoring, it's quiet. So that was kind of the concept of this thing. And I sold a lot of those. In the process, uh, about 2006, got busy enough to the point where I couldn't 
I couldn't stay in the airline. I had, I had to leave the airline because it was, I was too busy with that. I couldn't, couldn't stay focused on staying current and all the things I had to do to be an airline pilot. So, and I was just got tired of being gone all the time. So I ended up launching, you know, full time into that business. Right. And, and that's when you got involved yeah. helping me with making wires and harnesses and all, all kind of stuff is coming to your house. Well, how old were you? You were even out of, you weren't even out of high school yet. Were you? Yeah, were you 2006. Out? I was freshman in high school. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. So you were just a kid yeah, doing stuff. Kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, was, I remember stripping the wires, putting the yeah. ones on and taking that little silicone heat and all. Yeah. Heat, heat shrinking. Sealing it all up. Yeah. 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 I still remember that. So. <laughs> And so I was doing, I was, I probably sold about 70 or 80 of those units wow. and I was, I went to Australia. I went to, and I sold some in Britain and, and Ireland and places like that. So it was all over the, all the world. Um, then I had some issues with the, the, the manufacturer, the people, the people who were supplying me with parts. I had some issues there, but then 2008 economy hit. Right. And the, the boating industry just went down the tubes. Just uh, tanked. Yeah. It just went, it, it, it retracted by about 80%. Oh from where wow. it was for for a little while for about a year and a half. Oh wow! So that that whole market was just shot. So by two thousand, by the end of two thousand nine, I closed it down. In the, in the meantime, I was helping my dad a little bit with his real estate company. I ended up getting my broker's license in real estate. Oh wow! <laughs> so <laughs> did that, <laughs> and then um, have you taught anyone how to sell things? I <laughs> I was going to I was going to become a teacher. I found I tried trying to find out how to do that, but I just wasn't motivated to do real estate. I was right. only doing it really to help my dad, and right. it, so that part of it I just didn't never had the spark to do that myself. There was I could see where there was money in it. There was a good you know people were making good living doing it. Mm-hmm. My dad was doing very well at it. Um, he never even advertised. He just the phone just rang because everybody knew him in town. He just he just knew everybody, and yeah. he just it, it was a business I could have stepped into and probably done very well at. But I had no motivation to do it whatsoever, right? And so I just c- couldn't do it. Um, that's when I started doing. The way I got into the recording business was I started doing music recording, and, the, and so my, mm-hmm. the, the the shop that I had bought to build these motors became a recording studio. And I started doing music recording and trying to just like garage band type people who were just looking to do demos, you know, right. just putting together three, a three song, you know, CD, yeah, or whatever. EP or whatever. Yeah, right. little EPs. Yeah, yeah, so I was doing doing that for them. So um, I started doing that. Well, in the process of doing that, I had several people keep telling me, in fact, some buddies I had that were in radio, every time I would talk to them, I'd say, you really need to get into voiceover work. You got you the voice for it. Mm. I, I didn't even know what it was. I thought, no, there's only like... Don LaFontaine is the only guy that does that. Right. You know? so, so I was like, I, he's, he's, he's the guy who started the in a world guy. He was, right. he was so yeah. <laughs> he, I thought, no, there's no, they're, 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 you're using actors, they're using big time people, you got to be in a union. I figured all that stuff was just outside of my reach. Right. So, so I started looking into it a little bit. That's when I started doing it part time. That's when I realized, there's money to be hey, made. there's money to be made here. Mm-hmm. And so I started, uh, started taking it seriously. And then I, it, I, I've got like 400 clients now. It's a, it's a huge uh, deal. I mean, I got, it's a real business now. Wow. Yeah. But in the meantime, when all this stuff was going on, my struggle was, what am I supposed to be in life? Right. Because everybody else has a career. Everybody else is doing, people change their career maybe two to three times in their entire lifetime. Yeah. Most people, most normal people. <laughs> I am not a normal people. <laughs> so I had this, this whole thing of me changing and always having something else going on all the time. A lot of different irons in the fire, as they say, and trying. I was like, if you look, if you ever watch, uh, I think this is probably you can probably find this on YouTube, the Ed Sullivan Show. Okay, there was yep. this guy who used to come out with these sticks, and he'd spin plates on the top of the sticks. Yeah. I was that guy spinning plates on the top of the sticks, keeping, yeah. keeping them all spinning around. That was you. <laughs> that was me. I'm that yeah. guy. Because um, I had all this stuff going on, piloting, piloting, boat, flying, motor, boat motors, boys, businesses, all this yeah, other karate, stuff, karate, karate, music. worship, leading worship, doing, yeah, you know, just whatever. 
Power and, washing. Yeah, power, power, power washing. washing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> selling security cameras. Yeah, selling security. <laughs> Helping my nephew with his babe juice. Babe, babe juice, yeah. Yeah, well, that helps um, that All this kind of stuff. And, and, and so I was really struggling, and this is while I was going to Vineyard, I think, at the time, actually. Mm-hmm. And I was on staff with them, and I was, uh, I was a home group overseer on staff with them. And I was really, str- on the side, I was really struggling with this whole thing of, you know, Jesus asked the question, who do you say that I am? And so they, they were like, you know, you're the Messiah. You know, it, 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 but I, and so I, I, I remember that. Okay, it's, it's about who I say he is. It's not about anything else. It's, it, it's about what my, rea- what, what my response is to who he is. Mm-hmm. However, I asked him that question. I said, who do you say that I am? Mm. And I didn't know. It's like, wh- wh- what do you call me? Am I a pilot? I, I actually wrote down, I put it on a card. I said, I am, and then I put an, like, a, like a, a line, just a blank line, and I was looking to, for a way to fill that out. I physically had that card with me hmm. because I'm trying to figure out who am I? I mean, am I a pilot? Am I a, am I a preacher? Am I a, a worship leader? Am I a musician? Am I a, I'm a song leader? What, what, what am I? Am, and I, I was just really struggling with that. I was asking God to, to answer that question for me. I was even like I was in prayer meetings where I would just bring that up once in a while. Like yeah. they go around the room and ask for you know what people are struggling with or whatever. I just, That's I struggle with who I am, and I wasn't asking them to answer that question. I was asking for an answer from God. Right. And one night, <clears throat> um, this was a really profound change in my life, and I I was in it was it was, it was a church service. It had nothing to do with anything that was going on in the song or anything else. This question was still in my heart, kind of just thinking about the song and kind of singing along, and all of a sudden, the, all of a sudden, God just spoke to my heart and said, you are mine. Hmm. Oh. Okay. It doesn't matter. All this other stuff doesn't matter. What matters is who he says I am, and what he, who he says I am is, yeah. you are mine. Yeah. Nothing else mattered at that moment. Hmm. And I, so I kind of said, I think I even said it out loud. I, I said, I am yours and you are mine. Hmm. So now there's this cool. whole thing of I am my beloved's and my beloved in his mind. That is actually part of a, a feast. It's, it's the beginning of the month of Elul, I think it is. And there's this whole thing about it's a, it's a season of repentance. But part of that is that whole scripture where it says, I am my beloved's and he is mine, is that's the very scripture that all that stuff is based on. It's like the key scripture. It was that. I found out later, about a month later, I figured out it was that day. That, that feast that, was that feast that, that, that starts. Whoa, it was, it was the crazy. first day of Elul or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. I can't remember. I, it's, I can't even put it together right now because I was just, just having to think about it. Yeah. If I look back and I could probably figure it all out. But yeah. um, oh, it was cool. actually on that day. And Interestingly enough, I've also been involved in this little thing called a Torah study, where we, we, t- we talk about the feasts, and we talk about the Aleph Bet, and we go through all the mm-hmm. letters and what they all mean, and, and we, t- we study uh, sections of Torah, all the little details that are there that we miss all the time in the Western Church. Oh, yeah. And so it was, it's been, because of that and, all, and the specificness of how God, and, he, and when, when Jesus was alive, all the little things that he did specifically on certain days oh, and yeah. certain times that fulfilled exactly that time in, in that feast, and how the spring feast show his first coming, the, the fall feast show his second coming, all those things, it just it blew me away at that moment, realizing that 
he spoke to me on that day, and it was out of the blue. I wasn't expecting that at all. Wow. And so that, oh, that, that just cool. really hit me hard. Yeah. Um, now, since then, I've, I'm, I've discovered that I'm a multi-potentialite. Yeah. And my wife, it, was, it was within just a, a month or two after that that my wife came home from work. Her boss had shown this video, and this, it was a TED Talk, and this lady was talking about being a multi-potentialite. And I, she said, I think you need to listen to this. This kind of explains some things. Because she was struggling with it, too. She's like, when is he ever going to you know, <laughs> settle yeah. down? And be, every, every time I'd say, hey, hey, honey, I got an idea, she'd run off in the, another room and cry and scream. <laughs> like, what is he going to do now? I don't know what he's going to do. It was yeah. always scary. So, <laughs> and She said, like, one career. Yeah, yeah. Life. when are you going to settle down to one thing and yeah. be, be this one? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with you when you grow up? So I was here, I'm you know, 50 years old and still know what I'm going to do. So um, now I'm almost 60 now. I'll be a 60 next month, actually, in just a couple weeks. Next week, actually. Um, oh, really? In yeah. November, yeah. Um, you got, you have the same almost birthday as my dad. We're like within a week or two, I think, or something. Yeah, ridiculous. the last day of October. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah, we're like with like, like a week away from That's wild. Yeah, mine's the first week of November. So, yeah. So, yeah. And he yeah, is also turning 60. Yeah. yeah we're both that. same age. Yeah. So we're all like, like, like twins separated at almost birth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a long labor having yeah. those few days. But, but yeah, so um, we ended up, uh, I watched this video, and then it answered all the questions of, this is, this is just who I am. This is the way God made me. He, he, he's cut me out to be this way, and it's okay. It's like I'm. It's okay for me to go learn something, go crazy with it, learn it, and then go on to the next thing, right. and to even become a teacher and then go on to the next thing. So, as an airline pilot, I, I had stopped flying in, in uh, beginning of '07. I didn't fly at all again until 2017. I, I joined a club here locally. Was flying a little 172, a little Cessna, and that kind of got me started the ball rolling back into the the pilot shortage that was happening at the time. Hmm. And I, so I started flying again in 2019. I was hired back at Air Wisconsin again. Went, I actually asked him, hey, you guys want me back? And they were like, yeah, we'll take you back. Wow. Walked, walked on as a captain again, uh, just walked in the door, basically started training me, got me online, and, and uh, then, of course, COVID hit and all that stuff. But um, I lost all my seniority, but I could, I could still I could still qualify as a captain and still made it on as that. Yeah. Well, then, uh, because of that and because of just the nature of the way I do things, I am now a teach. I'm an instructor now at the company. Wow. So I started teaching procedures, and then I ended up now I'm a full simulator instructor. So I, I go down uh, and to our sim center and I teach teach the the, the, the new, new pilots, ones. new pilots, and, 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 up, and the upgrades. Guys going from first officer to, to captain. Yeah. So that's been really fun um, being able to do that now because I'm, I'm I'm more interested in that than I am flying the line. It's just flying the yeah. jets one thing, but being able to actually teach that and pass pass things on, tell them stories. I've got over 10,000 hours of flight time. So it's one of those things where it's like, You've I can tell all. you, I've seen it all. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had stories. engines die on you? And I had one we had, we had to uh, spool back one time. It was, uh, it was acting erratically. So we had to actually pull it back, go back and land. And it wasn't on takeoff. It was actually at, at, at climb or at, actually at cruise. But uh, we had just got done climbing. We're actually going from Denver to Missoula. Okay. Uh, and we had, they turned us around and told us to go, the dispatch told us to go back. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we had. You're like, we'll try it. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll get there. The problem was when we got to Missoula, they, there wasn't any maintenance there. So oh, we had, so you had to turn. We'd been stuck. Yeah, that so we just sense. turned us around. But yeah, it was, that's probably the biggest thing. I've had a couple other issues where small things have happened, but they they seemed like big things at the time. Right. And you just never know until it's over with whether or not it's going to be a big, big deal or not. But um, not, not a lot of, you know, it's, aviation is described as uh, hours and hours of, sheer boredom separated by 
brief moments of terror. <laughs> <laughs> so you get, it's kind of a <laughs> once yeah. in a while something crazy happens and you're like ah, and then you realize nothing. But it's it's, it's you're back to you're back to you know, bored yeah. out of your skull <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah. it's it's a good it's a good career. Um, it's fun. I enjoy doing it. You're traveling. You don't feel like you have somebody looking over your shoulder all the time, other than you know, yeah. you got the FAA and everything's there. But they're not there physically. Typically, normally, sometimes yeah. they are. But so you just uh, go from one spot to another. There's yeah. a lot of flexibility, I'm sure. And you're man. You know, you're managing an airplane uh, as a captain. You're. It's a real leadership position. You, you you have a lot of ability to make everyone else's everyone in the crew and even everybody one on board. Just have a better day. You know, you're, you're just there to kind of. Uh, you really set the tone for the entire flight typically and for the, for the cruise experience and i really like being in that position because we can have we can do take, take our work seriously we can do our job well and still have fun at it yeah. we can still have fun with this um like when the we'll have a maintenance problem or something something weird's going on with, with the airplane um this happened to me recently i was out in i think i was out in baltimore possibly going back to chicago get to the airplane we had a, a, there was a little little emergency light at the door uh, that it's, it has to be there. It's a little door light. It has to be there. Can't go with passengers without that light working. As soon as I found out about it, passengers were already on board, and we found yeah. out the light was out. And I, I walked off the plane. I made an announcement. I actually went back and physically like looked at everybody and made, made the announcement myself. Went, mm-hmm. And I w- walked off the airplane. Nobody knew where I was going. Walked down to Donut, uh, Dunkin' Donuts. I bought two dozen donuts. There's 50 people on the airplane, and they, they didn't want to give me more than that, because I, I was asking them for 50 donuts, but they wouldn't give me that many. Um, bought two dozen donuts, and we just cut them in half. Put it in, and I, I told the flight attendant. Just give them to everyone? Have, let everybody have a donut, because I don't know how it's going to be. I have no idea. That's cool. So we stayed on the plane, and they, they were they were astonished with that. And, of course, the other the rest of the crew was like, we can't believe he just did that. Yeah. Because I, I didn't use company money to do that. I went and bought those myself. You know, yeah. It was one of those things. But I love doing that kind of thing. Right. And it's, that, that put, that's like... Okay, yeah, we had a bad time, and everyone's been everyone's had a bad exactly. time. Exactly, it's not it's fun like, for any of us. Yeah. And I'm just, I, you know, that way now. People, it's hard for people people to complain with their mouth full of a donut. So it's just, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, well, so. and the fact that you made the announcement. Most of the times when I'm on a plane, it's the flight attendant making the announcement, and then you have to see that person. There's something about an authority figure saying, "Hey, I'm the pilot. Right. This right. is what's happening. Taking responsibility. I'm the one calling this. Yeah. You know, yeah. the hatred can come to me, but then also I'm flying the plane, so you might not want to hate me that much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You can hit, you can hit yeah, the Yeah, I can make the ride real rough for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what row was he in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, tell me when he gets up to go to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So do a little loop-de-loop or something. Make sure he gets a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of my my thing now is I, I really I, I enjoy that that stuff. And um, so, yeah, that – and I, I think that – it's the the whole podcast now has almost become more therapy for myself. It's like self therapy. I don't care if anybody's listening or not. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I get to I get to get on for an hour and just rant about all the stuff that's going on in the world. Yeah. And let everybody else join into my you know my. But it's it's not it's not so much that I have uh, that I'm not looking for solutions. But I, I just want to call stuff out. It's like I, it's like right. I see this stuff it's and I want like a diary. Yeah. A little bit too. And right. Right. Yeah. It's kind of a yeah. It's kind of a, a chrono- chronology or you know your. Uh, documenting like all journal. the stuff that's happening, right? right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of feel like with my dad when I'm like I'm getting all of his ideas, right? You know, right. Documenting them, yeah. You know, and then other people listen to him, yeah. Whether it's good or bad, sorry, people. It's very honoring. <laughs> well, it's it's I love it, it. if you do that, it's kind of like you're. It's kind of like an honor. It's kind of like a memorial. You know, a pre-memorial type thing you're doing. Yeah. I I, I wish I had done more of that with my dad. Hmm. I know at, um, when he, I was I got to sing at his funeral and I actually spoke at his funeral, and. I just felt like I needed to do that. And it was, it was one of those things where I, I was able to 
just kind of share what I saw him as a, how I saw him as a father mm-hmm. and, and all the things that he went through in all of his life. And it was, it was really, uh, it was good to give that kind of testimony and kind of that kind of a, uh, memorial type to memorialize that for my mom. I couldn't do that. Um, it was interesting. I couldn't speak at her funeral at all. I, I would have been too torn up the whole time. I just wasn't, I wasn't emotionally there able to do that because it was mm. just more, I don't know what, what the difference was. I just couldn't, couldn't say it. I did play, uh, the piano for a guy who led work, led some music, but mm. that was about all I could do. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, it's interesting how, you know, I think it's really special for, for children to be able to do that for their parents and kind of honor them in that and honor their life and everything that they've been through and, and that kind of thing. Of course, when they were at certain age, most kids don't think that their parents know anything. And all of a sudden they get smarter as the kids get older. I don't know yeah. what happens there, but yeah. <laughs> kids kind of think, realize, Oh, my parents are actually pretty smart. Yeah, it's a <laughs> been through some stuff. Yeah. I've been mean, through some stuff. Maybe. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, listen to them real quick. So I don't have to go through it. Yeah, or whatever. exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We still do that, but it's, Oh, a hundred percent. It's interesting. I've, this is one of the things I've noticed is like my parents have been through a ton, but culture has shifted so drastically from when they had me than even my little brothers. Like the culture yeah. my little brothers are in are a totally different culture than I'm in. And we're only, you know, 10 years apart compared yeah. to my parents 30. Yeah. Right. My my dad's 30 years older. Than me. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's in, like I can relate to my brothers. But still, the culture that they're in is totally different. It really is. Yeah, you're so right. That's it's, true. It's, it's wild. And so I'm, I'm able, and from my parents to them, it's like a total shift, you know. Yeah. And it shift for me, but even more so. And so it's been cool to see, be like a little bit of a, a, a bridge between, yeah. Yeah. you know, in some aspects. Yeah, that's, aspects. that's important. Yeah. I'll never be their father. I'll just be their older brother. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know? yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too. I think I think the rate of cultural ch- cultural change has increased because of the internet. I think so too. There's just so much more influence now in in the change of culture because you know, I used to grow up in a community. The community didn't change that fast. It right. was you know things were kind of sensitive. It doesn't do that anymore. It's things are rapidly changing. So. Yeah, and they put you in categories too. You're yeah. a, you're a this category. You're in eighth grade. You know what I mean? So all you can only I mean they're in echo chambers in them themselves, especially if they go public school right they're right part of one group yeah and then it changes once you become older you know once you're out of public school your friends are old and young and everywhere yeah. in between you know yeah. where i'm at That's now true. it's i don't ask how old my friends are they're my friends i meet yeah. someone they're you know i right. don't right you can kind of tell if they're older or younger but yeah it, it's totally different and that, that's something interesting about you though because even as a child you were able to relate you were homeschooled yeah but you were able to relate to older people almost easier in some ways, in my th- from what I observed, yeah. than some of the some of your peers that were your own age. Yeah, um, that's that's very unique. It's very unusual. But I think a lot of that has to do with because you weren't just taught from the public school of we're going to start you off as this little goo goo gaga kid. Right. They, they 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 treated you like an adult from the beginning. I mean, right. they, they 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 it was just a different kind of culture and atmosphere altogether. And you were able to relate to normal people on a normal level, which I think that's missing in today's public school system in a big way. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah, it is. uh, Yeah. I've been able, you're right. There was a big shift when I went to college, like almost like a learning curve when I was stuck in a box with only the people my age. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know how to relate to you guys. So I got over it. It took me a semester and. Like okay, this is I should not say this in these scenarios or whatever. They're not gonna take <laughs> yeah, it so well, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, but yeah. I mean, it wasn't awful. It was just like it, I could tell I was not running at the same level as they were. But 
vice versa, they can't communicate to anyone else. Not not on a whole, like everyone is different, they can, but as yeah. a collective, my grade was not able to right. communicate outside of that. It's yeah. just interesting. I remember that going yeah. to college. Like I that. bet, yeah. It would be yeah. Quite, a, quite a shift. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I remember, all right, so I'm going to go back to a story that my dad told me. And then maybe it would be kind of cool to hear how you met my dad. I'd love to hear that story too. But one of the stories my dad told me was, and maybe it was you too, I don't know. It's about you. You went, I think you were flying. You go to this place, you get maybe Arby's or something, you get almost jumped, you're running. <laughs> you want to tell the oh, story? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember the story. Yeah, yeah I can tell it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I remember like it was yesterday. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, uh, this was this is the first time I worked for the airline. Okay. And I was just about, I was probably 2006, beginning of 2006, I think it was. Okay. Um, I was based in Norfolk, Virginia. And... We were flying out of Philly. I think we had gone to, from Philly to uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. We were running late. Something was going on that day where everything was late. We were supposed to have like a 12-hour overnight. We ended up with a 10-hour overnight. It was dark. It was. We got in, hadn't had any supper. I was just getting out of my room, and I was going to run over. There was an Arby's right next door. It wasn't Arby's. It wasn't no Arby's. No way. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it actually was. And so there, there was right, it was right next door. It was the, I think it was the Maxwell House uh, Hotel there. And this is in Nashville. This is in Nashville. Okay. And it's so we went. <laughs> just as I was getting out the door, my FO was coming out the door too. He was going to get something to eat. I was like, I'm going to go head over to Arby's. So okay, I'll go with you. So we go walking out down the parking lot, and everything's kind of cut out of the hills down there. You know, it's yeah. like there's like little like the the parking lot itself is like cut out, and then there's a street that goes through. It's like you can't just walk across the street from the parking lot. There's there's this place. Yeah. yeah. So we, we went down to the bottom of the parking lot. There was like a little hill that was grass. And we were able to walk down that. It was probably 40, yeah, 30, 40 feet of a, of a slope down on, on this grass. So we walked down there, went across the, the road. There was a Taco Bell, and then there was an Arby's. And I was, I, I'm just not a big Taco Bell guy, so we went to Arby's. Shame. Yeah, I know. It's sad. Yeah. Um, so I went, went over to Arby's. And they were just kind of getting ready to close. And I'm a big sweet tea guy. I just, I've always get, I always get sweet tea. Yeah. So I, I pull out my wallet. Well, it, I, it, as an airline, I was, I'm always getting taxis like van rides and so i got a lot of ones in my wallet yeah and i had this little flip two two like a bifold type thing yeah with a little clip on it and so all, as i open up my wallet to get my credit card out all these ones are showing it looks like i got a whole bunch of cash in my wallet yeah so i pull out the credit card and i pay for my arby's roast beef and my sweet tea well they were just right at the end of the night and they were like you want the rest of this sweet tea and so i gave they gave me two Oh, like two geez. big, huge sweet. That's teas. cool. Okay. Yeah, that was I was that was a great night. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been. So I ended up <laughs> until you know yeah. one of the guys got. Well, anyway, so I so I ended up going. Uh, I had my bag of food and my sweet teas, and we went walking back over to to the hotel, walking up the street, go up the hill, just get to the top of the the hill, and these four guys come kind of walking out of the the tree line, and I didn't think about it that much. Now I I'd been involved in martial arts. I'd been involved in self defense stuff all my life. And I even taught like self-defense classes, like specifically just for self-defense, like, a, like like not a martial arts class, but just like self-defense stuff. Yeah. And I see these guys walking out and I'm thinking, where are they coming from? Because there's nothing behind the hotel and it's it's all all around there. There's no place for them to just be walking through going somewhere. So the question went through my mind, but I was like, I'm not sure what's going on. First first couple guys come walking up towards me and I just... They, they kind of act like they were walking past me. So I just, I looked him in the eye. I said, how you doing? I kept on going. I was, I was like, I wasn't going to stop for anything. Right. Kept on walking. About that time, they, they were, the other two were behind us. 
There was two other guys in front of us. Uh, I see the shirts coming up, and I see the handles of guns in their in their waistband. Oh boy! They're reaching for that. They pull their guns out and they start drawing down on me, and on both of us. And all I thought of was, if they're going to shoot me in the back, they're going to shoot me anyway. So I took off down the hill. I said, nope. I turned around and took off down the hill. I thought my first officer was following me. Oh, no. He, he froze. Oh, no. And because I, I, I said, no, 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 let's get out of here. And I, so I took off down the hill. He is just standing there. And I hear somebody behind me. I hear somebody running. I thought it was him. Okay. It was one of the other guys chasing me. Oh, jeez. So I'm running down the hill, and I'm thinking, I can't stop because I'm running down a hill. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if I stop, I'm going to fall down. The only way, to, only way to stop right now is to go down to the ground, which I thought about doing, like doing, doing that right in front of him. Yeah, tripping and him tripping up. him over me, right. and then I could, and I could, I could continue on down the hill. You know, maybe with my feet, like maybe like treading on him on the way down. Right. And I didn't do that. I just looked back and I was like, I don't know what to do. Looked at my right hand. I had this big, huge sweet tea. <laughs> I looked at him. He's about as far away from me as I am from you, like three yeah, feet. He's quick. I look back. Yeah, I look. I look back. I take the tea. I'm like, it's a it's a wild shot, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. So I throw it at him, <laughs> hits him right in the side of the head. I mean, I, I couldn't have, if I would have tried, I, I, I couldn't believe I even hit him. I was like, I was more shocked that I hit him than he was about getting hit. Yeah. I look back and he's like, almost got this grin on his face, but it's like his whole side of his face is red from getting hit. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of, it's like this weird swelled up thing, thing looking yeah. thing. His eyes like red. And I was like, I actually hit him. And I, I kept, kept on running. He didn't, I couldn't tell if he had a weapon on him or not. And right. so at this point, so we're running down the hill. And we get to the bottom, and there's a sidewalk there. So I take off down that way. I'm about 41 years old at this point. Yeah. This kid's probably 19. And I'm thinking, you know, you're thinking to yourself, at some point I'm going to get tired. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably not going to be able to outrun this guy for maybe for very long. I either need to turn around and fight him now while I still have some energy, or I'm going to try to keep running and hopefully not trip and fall and then end up in a worse, worse situation. Mm-hmm. And I had, had one other option, and that was to run out into traffic. I think, so I thought, if I run out there, he's probably not going to chase me out into traffic because it was busy. There was a lot, of, a lot of cars. So I go running out there, dodging through cars. I look back. He's still following me. No way. He's following me through the traffic. People are driving by. I thought somebody would at least stop at some point. Nobody ever stopped. Um, I'm, and I'm still, so I'm still thinking, I don't know if the guy's got a weapon or not. Now, he might have a knife. He might have a gun. I don't know what he's got. So I kept on running. Finally, I get up onto this other side. I walk on the other side of the, of the road, and I get up to the Taco Bell. That spooked him enough. He stopped. He stopped chasing me. He was like working his way up this little uh, parking lot on the, behind me, probably about a hundred feet away from me. Yeah. I go and, and I went to open the door. It was locked. Oh, geez. It had already closed. So I start banging on the door. I, I see, saw somebody in there. I said, "Hey, I'm being robbed. Can you can I, can I come in?" He's like, "No, go away, go away." Yeah, oh, thanks. That's why I don't like Taco Bell. Yeah. So, uh, so then he, okay. so, I, yeah. so I, I took off running. For, they get robbed every day. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they used to it. <laughs> so I go running over to the to the Arby's. They they just happen to still be open. So I, I open the door. I go walking in. I look around. Of course, now at this point, I'm out of breath. And I said, I just got, uh, I said, I think I, like I said, I just got robbed. I didn't get robbed, but I actually, they, they tried to rob me. I just got robbed out um, over, over by the hotel. And they were just like, the people behind the counter were kind of in shock and they didn't know what to do for sure. Well, I looked around the room and there were these four little guys, four guys, the four kids, about the same age as the, as the one that, that met us at the top of the hill. And one of them who had a cell phone. Now, this is back in the day when not everybody had cell phones, yeah. especially kids. And they were the old, you know, flip phone or whatever yeah. they were. You know, they weren't, they weren't, they, they barely had a camera in them at that time, which now you basically buy a camera with a phone in it. So, right. so <laughs> yeah. I ended up, so they, they, I looked at him and he had, his eyes were as big as saucers. 
And I couldn't figure out at first, I was like, he seems pretty surprised that I'm here. Like, uh, but I thought maybe it was just that he was surprised that I was being robbed. Being robbed. And the more I thought about it, the more I felt like I think those guys had something to do with it. He was on his phone when I was at the counter earlier. Oh, geez. And he saw, probably saw my ones in my wallet. And he called his buddies and said, hey, there's some guys going back to the hotel. They're going to be at that location. Why would those guys be at that location? They're right. just hanging out there waiting for somebody to come by this. You know. So the, I think that they were, they were given some kind of uh, heads up as to what was happening. And he ended up, uh, if I would have had the, the presence of mind at the moment, I should have just walked up, grabbed the phone away from him, hit the redial button, and said, I know who you are. That's what I, that's what I should have done. That would have freaked him out. It would have freaked him out. Um, later on, a car comes pulling through the, drive, the parking lot. And picks up. They all go running out, get in the car, and they take off. Uh, yeah. Pretty pretty sketchy looking. Yeah. And in the in the meantime, uh, <laughs> don't, can't can't tap your fingers on this. It's quite the, <laughs> yeah. a little bit. It's like solid. Yeah. So we ended up. Uh, I can help with the with the exit music. Didn't you make drums at one point? I did make cones. I had cones. Yeah. <laughs> I had okay. Another business I had. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I started a, a manufacturing manufacturing business. Is is tricky. There's a lot of liability involved and a lot of stuff going on. I, I did make I did make uh, cajones uh, for a while, which is a lot, small, like small box drums. Right, you can so, sit on. Yeah. And, I love it. Uh, yeah, that was actually still. I can still make them. I have my laser cutter. I've got like a man cave now with like a laser cutter, you have uh, a 3D laser printer, or three D printer. I got a cool. plasma t- a table cutter that cuts metal and stuff. I made all that stuff. But if you want a cajon, hit you up. Yeah, 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 that's right. If you need a cajon, let me know. <laughs> Anyway, so back to the story. Yeah, no, I so, love it. I so, love it. No, it's great. <laughs> I took you on that tangent. That's right. You did. That was me. I blame you. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, because normally I, I find my own butterflies. I know. But you, I you actually you did it. Yeah. That's good. So yeah. So I, um, so yeah, we ended up. The, finally, the cop came. Showed up. It was like thirty minutes later. Yeah. The cop, cop finally showed up with the. That's why we need to get rid of yeah. our guns. Exactly. Help. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so so he, uh, he he took me back over to the hotel, and then I found out what happened to my first officer. He basically froze, dropped his wallet, and then took off running. Well, the problem with that was. His his flight medic you know, like his medical certificate his bad you know, his yeah. uh, all of his stuff Gets was in, his ID all that stuff was in there yeah and so they got all that stuff uh, so they ended up having to fax him all of his like temporary stuff to get back to to Philadelphia the next day uh, um, and then when we we did we still did the flight the next day we should never have done that by the way um, it, we he was completely zoned out uh, I was basically flying by myself in the yeah. airplane because he was he was like totally lost in zombie land on, on the flight. We thought we were okay. I couldn't sleep that night very well, but I'd, I, all I could think about was wanting to get home. Yeah. And so I didn't want to wait around for some other plane to get there to take me home and all that stuff. So I, we, did, we did the flight, but we never should have. Um, this was going to scare everybody to the passenger. But basically that night, that we just I, I, we, we flew the plane back fine. I know there's no incidents or anything like that, but it, I could just tell we were not 100% in that airplane. Hmm. We were still thinking about everything that happened to us. And it was traumatic. It was, a, it would, it was just one of those things where... Um, Doing it again, I would never do that. I would never fly a plane the next day again. Like, yeah. But it was just, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, it was a fun story. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got through that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my dad telling me, I think it was, or maybe it was you, and I'm like, that is. Yeah, crazy. you might have been there when I was telling him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just wild. Yeah. It was, it was an interesting evening. Yeah, I want yeah. to flush that out, get yeah. that documented. <laughs> it's, yeah. going to yeah. be a movie about that someday. That should be. That's crazy. <laughs> I've been in a movie, by the way. I, that's <laughs> what movie? Was it the. Lord of the Rings one? Yeah, I was in Lord of the Rings. I was uh, the little guy. My precious. I was a, no, no, I was, yeah. yeah, it was like a Lord of the Rings knockoff. Was it that one or no? What were you? No, doing? it was. I was in a movie. It's called. Uh, it's called Cover Me Now. So it's in Jackie Velasquez is in it. Oh, okay. She actually redid one of my one of the songs I wrote. No way. Um, she yeah she she actually uh, and that, that movie was in the or that song was in the movie, and then it was actually became the title of the movie. Uh, it was called Cover Me. 
Oh, wow. And then um, I was, uh, there was a couple other people on, well, Dan, uh, Danny Trejo actually was in that movie. No way. And he was one of the, like one of the main, main big people in Is it. Is he the machete guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's a, he's got a, quite a testimony. He's actually a Christian. No way. And he's, yeah, believe it or not, he's, he's actually got uh, interesting testimony. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then another guy, uh, Jesse, uh, this guy's name, Jesse something. Uh, not Jesse Smollett, not, not Jesse, uh, <laughs> not Jesse Ventura. It was some, some guy. He's, he's actually, he's been in a couple of Stallone, Stallone movies now since then, but okay. he was actually in the movie as well. He was actually in God, God's Not Dead too. He okay. was actually one of the main stars in that, that, that movie. I just heard that they're doing a God's Not Dead 5. Are they really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, it's he's like, like hey, when he's yeah, dead, yeah. he'll never die. God's <laughs> yeah, Not Dead Infinity. Never. God's Not Dead ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I just saw that. I was like, this is crazy. That's, so someone found your music, and then she, like, how'd she hear well, that? Well, I, I co-wrote co the song with somebody. Okay. And that person wrote a book that became the basis of the movie. Wow. And then that, that whole thing snowed in, and she ended up, ended up doing and a cover of that. What, what did you play in the movie? I was a lawyer. <laughs> uh, I only had like a 30-second part, probably, yeah. probably, probably, probably 10 seconds actually, where Jackie in. walks in, Jackie Velasquez walks in, and she wasn't even the star. Um, I can't remember the, the, the lady who was actually the star of the movie. I can't remember her name. Um, and we, we were all, all we had to do was stand up and say, yes, ma'am. That's, that's basically all we did. Yeah, <laughs> so there were like four of us at the table. We all stood up and said, yes, ma'am. Uh, so it was, it was kind of a, just a kind of a cameo type yeah. thing where we got to do it, but it was kind of fun. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Well, let's, let's end it with, uh, how you met my dad. Okay. And we'll, yeah. we'll wrap Good it story. up. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't, I can't remember exactly like everything that happened at that time. Um, we met at church. Mm -hmm. he, there was this young marrieds group that was kind of coagulating at the time. We were kind of getting together. All of us were about the same age. Um, some had kids, some didn't. And so there was like, there was four of us, four couples. I remember right. See, one, two. No, there was three. There was uh, five couples, five of us. And so there was about 10 people in this small group. But anyway, the way, the way all that came about was we all just started, kind of started talking after, after church one time. And, I, and there was actually somebody else that kind of introduced us. And then in the process of all that, Jay and I just kind of right off the bat hit it off. I, it, mm. it was one of those. Uh, I remember. I remember him being in front of me. We we're kind of down in front on the left hand side of the church, and he was saying something to me, or somehow we met at that time or something, or just kind of introduced ourselves to each other, and started talking about music. From what I remember at the time, uh, talking about playing guitar and stuff, and we both we both ended up in a in a band together. Um, we start had started a band back in that time and there was uh four my brother and him and then another fella who played drums I, I played kind of drums and guitar at the time but he had a bunch of songs he had written i had a bunch of songs i'd written and so we kind of combined those together and we were this band went yeah. out there and played all kinds of weird places yeah. <laughs> and uh so that that was kind of the the place where we really got to know each other best was in the small group was in the mm. whole group and then that became we became band buddies after that and then Kind of went on from there, but yeah. And the band, from what I remember, the band started pretty quickly. Like after, after soon after we met, really, the band kind of <laughs> went into play. Yeah, it was just kind of a within months after we met, brought it all together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's you guys recorded a, an album. I yeah, that. yeah. Um, uh, in fact, it's available. It's called uh, Straight Faces. Yeah, Straight Faces. And it's that's uh, that's actually his. I want to name one of his songs. Oh, really? And yeah, uh, yeah it was a fun. It was a fun album. We got together. The band got together here. Oh, the band, the boys in the band. We got together. 
a while back. And um, yeah, like last year. Yeah, it was last, last summer year, or we, something. Yeah, it was maybe maybe a little over a year ago. Was it pre-COVID? I think it was pre-COVID, maybe. Right, right around that time. Yeah. And we took a look, took a couple pictures, and then the one guy, the one guy in the band, actually made the investment to uh, go back and kind of remaster the, the thing, and had some remixing done. And actually produced a whole bunch of them. Had, had a whole bunch of CDs made. Oh, cool! So we've got, and then we've got. I think we had a new, might have even had a new uh, art, artwork on the front of it. Yeah. But my my nephew did the original artwork on the front of the thing, and it showed what it showed was a bunch of us. We were, we were kind of a standing, we're standing on this, at the, at the precipice of a of a cliff, and people are just kind of walking down the cliff. Yeah. And it was like zombies. Yeah. And we're standing there like kind of kind of their their last street meter to the curb kind of thing, kind of kind of like their last. Uh, chance to, to to like say don't go any further. Just turn and, around. And they were yeah, people were still kind of falling off, and yeah. that was kind of really interesting. I remember you guys taking that picture. You guys had the big leather. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the black leather. And yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. It. I think it was a, at night because we had to put up like a, a, a light so that that's right. It was shining yeah, on your face. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Just the things you remember. Yeah, it's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. We've done an hour and a half. You're kidding me. No, I'm not. I thought we were just getting started. Yeah, we're just getting started. <laughs> so people are really bored out of their skulls. Nobody, nobody's listened this far in, have they? <laughs> uh, if they have, they've heard a great story about you almost getting robbed. That's true. So yeah. That that's true. why I saved it for the end. <laughs> Make them listen. Right. That's cool. Um, yeah. Where can people find your stuff? Um, if they look at... Actually, it's on Podbean. It's just called The News According to Me. Okay. I, I think there's another channel on YouTube called The News According to Me. So it's not that's not me. Okay. That's somebody. That's the news according to somebody else. <laughs> so, so if you want to listen to the news according to me, uh, it's just uh, it's on Podbean. It's got like a yellow that the 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 artwork is a yellow thing that just says the news, and then in red it says according to me or something cool. like that. So I can link it to yeah, in the show notes. Put that in there. So if you look at the show notes, they'll see that. Okay. Um, yeah. Are you anywhere else? Social media, website? Uh, not yeah. On Facebook, there is a, a I have a Facebook page called News According to Me okay. as well, and. Some places you can find actually on Twitter, I think it's the news according to it's a number two. Okay, me. Um, so you might find if it. If I can that. find those, I'll post them. If not, okay, yeah, uh, that'd be good. Yeah. That. I've got I've got uh, listeners all over the world. I, I've got I've, I got I've had several in Russia actually, which is kind of surprising. Ooh. <laughs> and there's, there's some in which could just probably be bots or you know yeah. people. Yeah, trying, no, yeah. Um, some in uh, Vietnam, fed Vietnam oh, wow. listeners, and some others from other places in the country. New Zealand, for some reason, I had nobody listening there, and then all of a sudden, I started getting some listeners in New Zealand just like within the last month. So I'm not sure what happened there, but yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, when I look at my, I don't know. Sometimes you're just like, who's listening? Why are they listening? Yeah, why? Yeah, why are you listening? <laughs> when I um, when we were pulling out of Iraq, yeah, in the United States, uh, my buddy Lincoln and I, we did the Tim and Lincoln show, and we were just making jokes yeah. about Iraq yeah. and stuff. <laughs> and then um, we titled a couple of our, of our episodes, you know, Iraq, Iran, things like that. Yeah, and um, the the amount of people started listening there like grew. And yeah, like, all of a sudden they, they were, it freaked me out. A little yeah, because they were searching it or whatever. And yeah, that, that came up. Yeah, like so have, have you CIA about, or something. Have you thought about going live at all? You th- thought about doing that? I've uh, I should do that. It might be. Because this this platform would be perfect for it. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I don't edit much anyways. Right. So that's the way I be, do my show. I, in fact, I've, I've thought about doing more live stuff yeah. as well. I don't have a camera. So that's ah. the piece. I tried to do it on my cell phone for a while, but it just wasn't yeah. It wasn't doing what I wanted. Pod, so. Podbean, you can do just audio live. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, you can go live with them. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I, might, I wanna I want to get into video. That's the next yeah, step that, yeah. is video. And I've messed around where... Um, 
OBS. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And so uh, I can link it all together and I can manage it from my computer while I'm doing it here. Yeah. I've, I've messed around with it. It's just, that's the next thing. So I'm ac- actually actively saving for a camera. Decent camera. Um, yeah. 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 So that's, and I think that's probably, um, that, that there's, with my show, I'd like to be able to play clips of, of people yeah. actually saying things. Yeah. I could play the audio, but it's really something else to see, like Nancy Pelosi saying something really yep. ridiculous. And then, so, so if you can do that, it's really helpful. So I, that's a, being able to. that's what you can do with OBS. Like with this, yeah, I can, you can throw stuff on. Throw, I, we can listen to stuff on my computer as well yeah. as see stuff, which yeah. would be nice too. Yeah. So it'll be nice to have it all working, but that's the next iteration. Right, right. And so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that'll start really. But that's another thing you got to manage. Yeah, you know, this it's is almost nice. easier to have somebody, an engineer, at some point doing that stuff for you, so they're taking care of everything. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the right. audio is not hard. I mean, I, right. boom, boom, I'm up and good to go. It's yeah. I think that's why podcasts took off so well. Yeah, because it's just low barrier. Yeah, a lot, lot easier to to manage. Yeah. 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 Well, Kevin, thank you so much yeah. for coming on. Thank you. Um, it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's been wild. Now, so you're going to be on my my podcast, right? I'd love so to I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about your political. Oh, okay. I, you, you, it's I love talking politics. I have yeah. a unique way of thinking about stuff. I mean, maybe not. I think a lot of it is early, um, like uh, showing you know liberty things like that. Yeah. Just yeah. just the way I was even brought up. Yeah, um, exposure to different thoughts outside yeah. of had the, a good broad the mainstream narrative. Yeah, you know and. And then since then, just meeting so many different people and seeing, you know, as you grow, you know, the the way that you think about something, it's not so black and white anymore. It's right. a lot yeah. more. There's a way more to think Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So I'd love to chat about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to have you pick your brain on the, yeah. on the show sometime. It'd be fun. That'd be wow. cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, Kevin, thanks you, thank you so much, man. You're welcome. Let's hear All that right. cool, cool exit music. All right. Exit All right. music. Here we go.